and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And that makes me Mike. <laughs> that was a uh, triumphant pause this week. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it was well done. You know, if there's one thing I'm good at, it's it's pausing. Yeah. I had a guy try to sell me steaks today. Uh, he knocked on my door <laughs> and tried to sell me steaks. My favorite people ever, the door-to-door refrigerated truck steak salesman. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like a car wrap around the whole van and a, a, a flyer that matches the car wrap perfectly. And like, and he's like, he's like, who's the king of your castle? I'm like, I am. And he's like, that's right, man. You're the king of your castle. I'm like, I'm not interested, dude. He's like, you, you don't like steak? I'm like, I like steak a whole lot. I just don't want your steak. <laughs> I don't need interstate <laughs> truck uh, steak in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not interested in your meat. I took the little flyer Your tags inside. are from Minnesota, and, and I'm afraid that's where you came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very weird and just like I had had that happen to me at work, but no one had, has yet to come to my house and like I I did I think I did tell the story of the time that I was working uh, for a different company than I am now, and some guy just wandered into our fucking yeah. back operations area where like. <laughs> the lights are fucking out and there's all these other like computer screens on banks all over the walls it's like walking into like the fucking <laughs> matrix or something and this guy's like um hey yeah I got some steaks in my truck <laughs> he's just like hawking buddy steaks. this was the place this was the place because I know the place you were working at probably the last place that anybody would buy a steak <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Out of the back of a truck. Right. What, you, what am I going to do with it until it's time for me to take it home? Like, I'll just take one, and uh, let's see if it lasts to the end of my shift. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do experiments on it. This, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take and practice my uh, my slicing and my sewing yeah, skills gonna, here and see. I'm going to do a little appendectomy on this bad boy. I'm just going to integrate some circuits into it and see if I can give it a kind of second life. <sighs> Look at this, honey. I brought my steak to life. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's it's, creepy. It's like, it's up on the, on the table going, Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime girl. Send me a grand by wire, baby, my heart's on fire. If, if you, you abuse, abuse me, honey, I'll abuse lose me. me, then I'll be left alone. Oh, baby, come on and tell me I'm your own. Oh, man, I didn't know the end of that song. I did not know that. It's a good thing you did, because otherwise I would. I, well, I did leave you hanging there, because I stopped. Yeah, you just <laughs> flat out stopped for a second, and I was going to tell you, hey, you might want to check your mic. <laughs> nope, nope, I just didn't know the words to the song. I have a rather risque story for everybody this week. Oh, okay. But before I get to that, I want to know if any of our listeners have ever bought steak out of the back of a truck. Or a uh, van. I would like to know that. Or from as well. one of these guys. I would. I would love to know. Was it good? You know. I mean. Am I? Are we missing out on something here? Is it like? Is it like extra tender because it was traveling across state lines and getting beat around in the back of a truck? Or was it? Was it terrible? Or or what? I, I got to know this. And I'm never going to have. Well, the guys don't stop at my house anymore because I've made too big of a deal out of sending them away. So I'd, I'd have to actually put a sign down at the bottom of my driveway that says, uh, meat truck guys, please stop here. <laughs> and uh, I'm afraid I'm afraid of what I might get out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you have to be oh, a, bit more a bit more clandestine <laughs> about this. I don't know if I would want to test the meat in any kitchen. I just feel like the the uh, opportunity uh, for food poisoning to have set into that meat is far too great for me to want to take you know the chances of this meat that's been probably in like the danger zone for like sixteen hours at a stretch. Yeah, it took know. the highway to the danger zone. Yeah, highway and walked it 
to the did you ever did you ever listen to that song like outside of seeing it possibly in Top Gun? Uh, no, but I did get the references whenever they were in um, Archer. I'm saying so, though, like that song, no. I suggest listening to it because it'll raise the hair on the back of your neck a little bit. Yeah. Okay. It really will. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to it and I'm like, oh, this is one of them songs that it gets you right there where it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. You're like ah, action and adventure await me somewhere. On your neck. Oh yeah, tickle ball bags, baby, with my dick. Here comes some tail hook action. You guys remember tail hook? <laughs> had something to do with pilots and sex, I don't know. <laughs> tail hook. Whenever I think of tail hook, I just think of people being sexually molested or something like that. And so I think there's a hook that someone used to sexually molest women in these bars. Oh, in their tail. In their tail with a hook, yeah. Well, I mean, it actually wasn't uh, terribly far away from that, from what I understand. It was some kind of uh, cover-up conspiracy and sexual misconduct and and shit with the Navy. So it's interesting that they chose that name because it instantly... Uh, brings to mind whether you know what it was or not an image of something sexual maybe because it has the word tail in it i think tail hook stood for like the name of the bar tail hook i think tail hook is actually is actually the piece of the plane that catches the cable as it comes back onto the carrier that's called a tail hook right i know that but what i'm saying is tail hook I gave you that information because I knew you already had it, and I knew you were going to be like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> the, events, the events took place during the annual 35th Annual Tailhook Association Symposium. And it was now, if there is an association that sounds like it's going to do bad stuff, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, the Annual Tailhook Association Symposium. So that it's was like the 91. annual NAMBLA meeting. There is bad shit going on there, guaranteed. Bohemian Grove. That's a that's that's a topic we haven't spent enough time discussing on the uh, on the podcast. I feel, and I, I wonder if I know enough about them to really have an episode like that. Maybe we should hang on to that for closer to Halloween. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I have enough information because I think I got most of what I know from uh, South Park. Yeah. Yeah, that that can't be 100% accurate, I would say. So Trey Parker and Matt Stone are my historians. <laughs> they, they know their shit. I won't give... I'll give them that, but I feel like there's probably a lot of you know appropriation and um you know like exaggeration exaggeration and stuff like that but i've also (laughs) heard stories about like dick cheney being seated on the ground with a fucking drum and he's naked and he's complaining that uh he's complaining that the women aren't naked as well or something like that or he's complaining that the women shouldn't be servers there i forget exactly the details all i know is that he was complaining about something which you know when you're picturing i feel like dick cheney uh, complains a lot Exactly, and and I mean, just to picture him like nakedly sprawled in front of a drum, and just complaining about something, probably drunk on. I did God not need what. that visual, man. Yeah, I did not need that visual because I instantly thought of Dick Cheney. Like immediately popped into my head. It was I couldn't even stop it from happening. Right. And that, sir, is an image I do not cherish, uh, as we speak. Feeling a little sick to my stomach thinking about a naked addiction. At least the drum is blocking his genitals. That's the only thing I can say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Until he stands up. But not blocking his man titties and his big scars from all the chest or, you know, open heart surgery that he's had to have and everything. Yeah, all that stuff I can see just as plain as day. Mm. Yeah. And then slowly, Thanks for that. slowly he rises up. He rises up. And in the fire, you can see the flickering of the the uh the reflection 
of the campfire on his genitals, which are for some reason moist. Well, I mean, he was sitting on the ground. There's a good chance he was sweating a little bit and perhaps drew some moisture out of the ground with his crusty old man balls. I just want to keep you visualizing for a while. I, I want to keep it's, you on. You know what? I've I've already I've already gone to the point where I don't think I can visualize anything any further. I even thought of his asshole sitting flat on the ground. So okay, you know, the there dust, isn't really anything else for me. Yeah, and the dust kissing it softly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Mm. That's that's good stuff, and a little good. bit of moisture in that area right there, f- oh, oh, making yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the dust, some dust, and maybe a twig or, or two that he carelessly left on the ground where he plopped himself down, kind of sticking in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some leaf stems and and maybe uh, maybe some leaf matter itself stuck. In. <laughs> that sounds that sounds delightful. <laughs> That's and fucking then, disgusting. And then George Bush Jr. comes strolling up. Hey, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't make it any sexier if you included his daughter in it, because I don't want to see Liz Cheney sitting naked playing a drum either. <laughs> I don't believe that that's the thing. I don't believe that men are allowed at the Bohemian Grove. I believe that... You mean women? Women. What did I say? No. You said men. men. Okay. I think I... All right. So I meant women. I don't believe that women are allowed at the Bohemian Grove in that capacity. I believe that some can be there as servants, but apparently... Um, not all members of that association or that club or whatever the fuck you want to call it um, believe that's the way it should be as if you would take that Dick Cheney story to heart Ugh. it uh, sounds like a uh, uh, just it's outlandishly outdated kind of a place which is exactly the kind of place that they would feel uh feel best in probably right it's like some kind of weird boy scout cult that they all belong to where they pretend to be nature worshippers i have actually read up on it a little bit recently uh to know about the giant owl that's yeah. sculpted out of a tree and stuff like that and that there's some dude that's broken in there like like a couple of times, the same guy keeps getting put in prison. He comes out and he breaks in again because he says that they're doing, you know, weird shit in there, and which I'm sure mm-hmm. they are. I'm absolutely yeah. positive the kind of stuff that's going on that would, would turn your fucking stomach to know it because you'd be oh, like, yeah. oh, I can't believe I had to visualize that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's some really heinous shit taking place there. Whether or not they're doing anything magical or mystical is, you know. Well, the only magic there is how a little blue pill can make something that was once limp very stiff. That's probably about it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking about the same. Like, it's not, they're not really all that uh, um, powerful of people. I mean, they are, but they're mostly just sort of like lukewarm compared to some of their um, predecessors. Like, you know, Benjamin fucking Franklin, Hellfire Club. That guy was like. Summon me a demon so I can suck its cock. You know, like, there's... (laughs) I would love to hear him say that. (laughs) And then it can suck my cock. And then we'll condemn it back to hell. Reciprocation is the key. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awesome. Who hasn't wanted to suck a demon cock and have a demon suck your cock? I mean, come on now. That sounds delightful. You just have to summon up the right demon, like a, a sex demon or like an incubus or something. I'm but thinking one without teeth. Cer- well, you have to set one with terms and in terms as well, like what form it will retain, and how, you know what its powers are. It's allowed to tap into. Like an mm. incubus can, in its full form, drain you literally of all your sexual energy until you're a husk. Which might be a pretty hmm. rad way to go, but yeah. you know, do you have to die if you don't want to die? Especially if it was a waffle monster. A waffle monster. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Get your dick sucked by a waffle monster. 
I don't know why. It just popped into my head, and I went with it. And I'm thinking warm and crispy but chewy on the inside. Yeah, that would feel good. So you want something that you can eat and fuck at the same time? Perhaps. That is... Perhaps. Wow. That is incredible. Like, we need to examine that for a little while, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It was like two of my favorite things, getting off and eating something. I mean, come on. It doesn't get much better than that. When okay, let me tell you when I when I was um, going from one dose of a a medication, I was dosing down to nothing on one medication Mm -hmm. before jumping on to another one, and I was coming down on my zero dose. I think it had been day two, and I was getting some weird side effects, and one of them was trippy ass fucking dreams. And in one of these dreams, I got caught in this crazy ass loop. Uh, in this like bizarre factory for what felt like forever and eventually I came out the other end of it and I was in this place where I was naked and there was a giant pile of mashed potatoes with gravy and butter all over them and I proceeded to fuck them and it felt Mm. awesome and then I woke up and I was like well I don't know how I feel about that I just fucked a pile of mashed potatoes and then you were tempted to go and get some mashed potatoes. No. And eat them. No. Well, because you didn't get the chance maybe. to. Yeah. Yeah, but because you didn't really get was, a chance to eat them while you were pleasuring them. It was like here's the thing. It started out as a woman and became a pile of mashed potatoes. It wasn't like I just. No, started, you didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's the crazy thing about sex and dreams for me has always been it's unobtainable. Um. Because my guilty, you know, guilty conscience prevents me from from cheating on my wife in any capacity, even in dreams. Whenever it gets time to go to business, suddenly I'm just fucking a pile of mashed potatoes. Because you can't really you can't really say that you cheated on somebody if it was with mashed potatoes, unless the mashed potatoes are alive and sentient and have feelings. No, you can't really you can, say like, you cheated on somebody uh, in a dream either, in my opinion. So. No. No, I thankful. Because I have thank- a lot of I have a lot of sex in my dreams. I thankfully in my in, 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 uh, my wife isn't one of those people who's ever gotten mad at me for something that happened in her dream. Although I've known of uh, people who do take that stance, like they'll get mad and stay mad at someone for like a whole day. Yes. Over I've, I've, a dream. I've known I've known people that had significant others that did that kind of stuff and I was always like what's it's the big concerning. fucking deal like like well I mean it, it's concerning that somebody would get angry over that kind of stuff I dream about crazy weird shit like the last thing that I see or if there's something on the television while I'm sleeping that plays I may have a dream where I'm investigating murders and then I end up banging somebody I mean what <laughs> What, what does that mean? It just means that fucking Lieutenant Joe Kendall was on the television uh, solving a murder while I was sleeping, and for some reason it popped into my head, into right. my subconscious. That's all that that means. There's no, I, yeah. I, I don't think that dreams, that dreams are, are that, you know, significant. Like, uh, yeah, significant to that kind of stuff. I think that dreams is one place that you're able to be free to do whatever you want. Okay. And sometimes your brain lets you do that. Philosophical question. Do you think that All dreams right. are, are real? No. Not even in their own sense, in a non-material sense? No. Okay. No, I, I just, I, I, I don't think so because it seems to be a place of no consequence and that, to me, would make it completely unreal because there is nothing... Nowhere that doesn't hold a consequence at some mm. level. Okay. That's that's my opinion. No, that's, that's opinion. interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never considered that particular angle before. I was going to say yes, I do think that it's real on some level. Um in the same sense that this is real on some level, but it's also sort of a dream. The difference is that there's a consensus to things, which is why there is consequence. I mm-hmm. think that I think that on those levels of dream, the consequences is enacted by the self. There's no character in your dreams that isn't you. 
if you're you're also the big scary monster, you're also your parents, you're also your sexual partner, you're also the trees, <laughs> the grass, the, the car well, that's Well, that's nothing by new. You. You're all... <laughs> You're all the characters in your dreams. So you're, I would say that the dream's consequence is more random because I think that what the dream is, is it's the brain trying to tell a narrative mm-hmm. based on what it has available in front of it. It's like a Lego set. Well, if you've had a shitty, boring couple of days, your dreams are going to be water, water thin, like paper, like paper mache. You know, they're mm-hmm. just going to fall apart uh, under close inspection. But if you've had a really intensely, emotionally draining few days, your dreams could be incredibly rich um, and with with delicate undertones and all kinds of things. And Sounds it like you're making a dessert. On, kind of. <laughs> And um, uh, it's your brain has all these pieces to work with, and it's sort of what it's trying to do is file them away. And I think that what's happening is your brain is saying, okay, let's make a narrative out of this quick. See if we can make any sense of all this random shit that we kept a a hold of. And through symbolism, it sort of creates these pictures in our brain that we compile like last second right before we wake up. That's why the thunderstorm that wakes you up coincides with the plunger of the dynamite that you set off. How could you have possibly known thunder was going to strike at that point? There's a book that talks about that. Mm. Well, the thing I think is that after you wake up in the mini, minis, milliseconds before you come to realization that you're awake again, that your brain compiles that shit super fast and you have like a flashback. And that's it feels like it's happening in real time because your brain can slow down like that. Hmm. Your brain can produce can sit in that environment and not perceive time normally. It, it the brain is capable of, of rendering time in different speeds depending on where you are consciously. Oh yeah, well I know that. You know what brain? What? I mean, you've you've seen it. You've done it in life. Anytime you've ever been in a near death experience or a crash or something like that, you'll look back and you'll realize that you processed it like. 300 frames per second instead of the normal 42 you know or whatever true and and it's it no one exactly knows why well i told you theories but i'm just gonna say i've told you when i wrecked my motorcycle that i can still if i think back to when i did it i can still see myself looking down at the tank and where i was sitting on the bike as it was skittering sideways down the road and I'm on the ground with it, looking up and seeing the signpost coming and pushing myself away from it. And it seemed like it happened so fucking slow. In reality, it took probably about uh, a second between the time that I looked down, Not looked even. up, and pushed myself back away and managed to save myself from, you know, undoubted, uh, possibly life threatening injury and everything. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like one of the most. And, like, when I wrecked the car one time, I can see everything happening in slow motion. It's crazy how that happens. And that is that is an interesting you know, it's an interesting point, what you were saying. Maybe I just don't remember the consequence. <laughs> maybe I woke up before, uh, or maybe I woke up and my brain just went, eh, whatever consequence we just saw, fuck it, I'm not going to remember. Good <laughs> things well, this is supposed yeah. to be free and easy. <laughs> well... I think it can be free and easy, but ultimately, I've had many dreams where I've been arrested. I didn't even know why. I just got arrested. Hmm. It was terrifying. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that they're entirely unreal. I think they're a manifestation of, of ego um, and id and superego in one place that sort of... It's not so much consequence three as it is a sandbox. There are certain local ordinances like physics and stuff, but you can even transcend those if you get good mm-hmm. at them. You know, if you're a good dreamer, because there are moments of lucidity where you can jump really high or you can fly, and y- you really do have to be a good dreamer to do that. 
you have to be able to take an active role in your dreams, and that's not you easy. Fly, you can fly, you can fly, you can fly. I mean, <laughs> I think I told you about the, the one lucid dream I had uh, where I, um, uh, uh, like, jumped up in the sky, and the sky... Like, as I was looking out into the world, I realized it was rendering in, in real time. <laughs> like, the houses were, were, were slowly populating like a video game where you, you turn the draw distance all the way up all of a sudden, and it just starts trying to render all these houses. And I was like, holy shit, what is this saying? And what at the time I thought it was saying was that reality is a simulation. Mm -hmm. But while and that may still be true... You know, but now I take it to think, well, I was, I'm very conditioned to think that reality is a simulation. So my brain chose to interpret the dream world that way. Hmm. Like as a way of telling me that, that, hey, dreams or whatever, you're programming them at the ultimate level. There's no one else in consensus reality in a dream. In our reality, everything is supported by everyone else because we're all awake. But when you're asleep, you're truly alone. So you're just, you're just affecting the local, hmm. like, hundred miles or whatever in a circle, whatever you know that you happen to be inhabiting in dreams. And for just a little while, that shit's real. I know what you'll be dreaming about tonight. And you'll be dreaming about a what's cobra that? growling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a terrible, horrible video that that you can find if you go to um, go to Reddit and go to the subreddit. Uh, damn, that's interesting, and just search in there for uh, giant king cobra growling, and um, you'll find this uh, fucking yeah Jurassic horror. This like. It's a gigantic snake holding what I assume is a normal-sized snake, which looks mm -hmm. tiny in its mouth. And it's hissing, but it's not hissing like like a snake. It's hissing like a fucking lion. Or a dinosaur mixed with a lion it's, and a dragon. Or a dinosaur, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. It's like... <laughs> that might have been the best impression of that that I've heard. <laughs> You know, it's like, ah! it's fucking terrifying. That's all I'll say. You'll have to come back and listen to Tom's impression of it to, to bring yourself down after you hear this because it is an otherworldly sound. Yeah. It is just creepy as yeah. hell. You know, I'm looking at the time and I think I'm going to save my story for next time. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to. Because right. it's not a real long story, but we got off on a tangent there about dreams and stuff, and uh, this doesn't really fit in with that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit on this okay. one. I'm going to sit on this All one. Right. That's right. You'll have to listen till hang next on, week. Hang. You'll have to listen till next week, yeah. Just listen till next week. You'll have to listen next week to get that story. <laughs> 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 Fucking idiot. <laughs> So last week we uh, started a segment with the word so, and then you started a segment with the word so. And we all do that. Why the fuck do we start it with so? My boss's boss does that to, to him too. He comes up, he's like, so. And then my boss will come up to me and say, so. And I'll be like, I'll go up to one of my so. coworkers and say, so. Why the fuck do I we don't all know. do it's that? It's like <laughs> when people are talking, have you ever focused on somebody's speech and noticed uh, now me I take a lot of pauses so that I don't do this because I'm very conscious of it but people that say like or you know or um when they're talking mm -hmm. oh my fucking god when you really pay attention to it it is maddening it is maddening to talk to somebody who's like well you know and then I did this you know and then this you know and I'm like no I don't fucking know if I knew we wouldn't have to have this conversation you're driving me crazy. Yeah. I I think uh, I don't know if I've discussed it here or not, but there was uh, a time we were visiting my wife's uh, grandmother. Oh no, I do remember you telling had, me this, but still, uh, yeah, you know, go ahead. Yeah, 
rest her soul, she uh, she had the the word why <coughs> was her key thing. Like she'd be like, why I told him and why he said, and it would go on and on. <coughs> yeah, right there. It would go on. Yeah, uh, I'm coughing up about a year's worth oh. of smoking all this week because I quit on Saturday. Oh. <clears throat> I haven't had a cigarette, one cigarette since Saturday, and I'm coughing up my lungs. Delicious. And congratulations. <sighs> it's been a week Thank almost. You. Yeah, I'm sorry if my voice sounds like shit, but I'm just basically waiting for it to clean itself out. It takes a little while. Um, quitting smoking is, is hellish in, in as many ways as smoking mm-hmm. is. And I would say that, thankfully, I wasn't overtaken by um, the like deep emotional need to smoke. Like I don't have that there. There was a little bit of physical craving, but that's more or less gone away. Yeah, I've reached the point in my life now with smoking that, uh, like, if we are at a party all day and I'm drinking, I will probably smoke a few cigarettes or something, but outside of that, I don't, uh... I can just walk away and not pick another one right. up again. And that's... <laughs> that, uh, that I have, I have that capability at this point in time because I quit and smoked and quit and smoked and quit and smoked so many fucking times that, yeah. uh... It just doesn't hold the significance to me anymore. I don't know. I think for me, it was a lot about struggling to get through work. Um, Mm -hmm. Both before when I was at the office and then during the pandemic. And then for a while, it stopped during the pandemic because I didn't want to go anywhere. And then boredom caused me to pick them up again about six, eight months later. And that's where I've been since then, uh, save for the last week. And it, the thing about it is, is it's so easy to go back to them. All it oh, takes yeah. is one. Uh, all it takes is one. So I just don't, I don't uh, allow myself that opportunity. When someone else is smoking a cigarette, I tell them, I'm like, I'm quit. I quit smoking. So don't give me one if I ask for it. And most people are fair and will be like, yeah, all right, cool. I will I will <laughs> abide by your wishes and not give you any of my fucking cigarettes, dude. Then you have the other dicks that'll blow it in your face and be like, are you sure? Well, I think that's justified homicide right there. Because <laughs> you do get to a For point like... all the times like, that I've quit, yeah, I've had people do that. <laughs> And, well, you know, I don't know, like, everybody's, you know, biological response to things are different, so I don't know what your quitting is like, but for me, quitting is like the first couple of weeks, it feels like I'm going to get worse instead of better in terms of the coughing, and then it starts to turn Mm -hmm. itself around, and about four to six weeks in, the smell of cigarette smoke is so disgustingly triggering to me that I will gag at it. Um, if I were to smell an ashtray, I would probably vomit. Um, and then by about three months, uh, I can smell cucumbers from across a fucking street. Just raw, Mm. normal cucumbers that have been sliced. I can just smell that shit from across the street. I don't like cucumbers that much. Um, it would nauseate me when someone would bring in a salad with cucumbers. (laughs) But uh, it's yeah, interesting. It is. It's just weird. Like these ways that your body changes and then your tastes change, too. So I'm just I, at this point, All it's of a sudden like, you're into you're in a new country and stuff like that. Your tastes change. You're wearing with different clothing and all that kind of stuff. No, I don't think it goes that far. I think I met my mm. flavor profiles like. <laughs> that sounds so pretentious oh, to say. The you taste different. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody were to lick you, you would taste different right now. Uh, no, I'd probably taste like I'm sweating out, out nicotine because I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I am at this point. It's just mm-hmm. trying to get out of every single fucking part of my body that it can. Be like, ha ha, finally freedom. 
All this shit's you know, the working thing, again. Though, that I that I still love, and this is a uh, guilty pleasure of mine, is the smell of a freshly opened pack of cigarettes. That's yeah. still love it. Yeah. That yeah. like raisiny smell that you get when you open up a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. That's one thing that, because I live with somebody who smokes, I'll be like, and smell the cigarette pack. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't make me want to smoke or anything like that anymore. I mean, and, and talking they, about it right now is making me a little anxious about it. But uh, I'll forget by the time we're done, and I won't uh, I won't bother with it. Well, I I I, uh, I have to give you praise for living in the household with a person who smokes and being able to sort of withstand the desire, however infrequent it may be, to actually go and smoke a cigarette. Because there's nothing really stopping you. um, At all. Just Um, self-control. Just you're choosing not to. And I think that that that's when I say will versus willpower... If they were your cigarettes, eventually you'd cave in. Because they're someone else's, you can draw a line and say, well, I'm just not going to ask this person for their personal property. And it's a real simple, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like a real simple way to sort of justify it in your own brain without having to confront the fact that, yeah, I really fucking want one. You know? Because those pathways that that chemical put in your brain are permanent they they'll always be there that's why heroin and shit like that is so dangerous because it's such it 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 hot wires to your reward zone on the very first time and once you've gotten Mm. there you don't you don't ever want to come back i mean imagine imagine the only thing i can think of other than heroin that would be more dangerous would be if if like they could invent like a wire that goes into the pleasure center of your brain that you just power on and instantly you're just in total bliss. Mindless bliss. I could see how that would be amazing. Amazing, and you would die. You would die because eventually you would starve to death. You would never take it out for any reason. You would never turn it off for any reason. It would be the most like, addictive. Oh, this sucks. The minute you turn it off, you'd be like, fuck this. You'd become incredibly depressed. And you'd want to turn it back on because you can't, you wouldn't be able to imagine life any other way than in that zen like bliss. I think eating a really, really good hoagie might, uh, might bring me to a zen like place. So maybe if I had hoagies, I would stop myself from starving to death. Hmm. I actually read a book uh, where there's a character who has a technology like this, and the the <laughs> way he managed to stay alive is he 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 home rigged it the way you would like a vape, um, with like certain uh, like overrides that said that for a period of eight hours it he had to um, he had to remove it because it did nothing for him. So for eight hours he had to eat exercise and sleep and do all the things he'd have to do to keep himself alive and for every every like 48 hours there was like an 80 or 8 hour period where he would just care for his needs or something like that and then he could plug back in and he by the end he was shaking because he's like oh god it's finally back and he'd hook this thing back into his head and it was very uh, cyberpunky is um yeah uh, it was the second book in the Ringworld series by Larry Niven. But, uh, yeah, interesting fucking book. Interesting topic. Hmm. Uh, but not at all what I meant to bring up, so I think we should uh, go to the next segment unless you have something awesome <laughs> that you'd like to add to it. I don't even remember been. where we started on this one, so, uh, yeah, sure. Last week, we did some Reddit uh, material. We found some stuff mm-hmm. on Reddit. And uh, I, I haven't obviously heard back from anybody about that, but I liked that particular um, 
segment a lot, and I wanted to do it again, only this time, instead of doing it with incels, we're going to be doing it with people who just seem to be a little unhinged. Okay. So, okay. Mike, would you like would you like to start? Oh, uh, you know you know me too well to know that I'd want to read the first one. <laughs> because I think, I think I, you should. This, this one here, I enjoy, I enjoyed it. Uh, please pray for Mike Lindell and my pillow and all of his employees. I just wanted to ask you all to please keep Mike Lindell and his company my pillow in your prayers in the coming days and weeks as he lives in a Democrat-controlled state. These Democrats have been awaiting such a time as this to punish Mike for all he's done to expose their great steal. Minnesota Governor Waltz will glad comply with whatever orders come down, whatever orders that comes down from the despot that is Joe Biden, with an anti-Christian Attorney General Ellison. And it took me a minute. I thought they were talking about the U.S. Attorney General. They're talking about the Minnesota Attorney General. Because uh, I was okay. like, where'd they even get that name from? And then I was like, oh, okay, I looked it up. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> is good, I guess, sometimes. With an anti-Christian attorney general, Ellison, they will slap millions of dollars in fines for non-compliance and shut down his plants in Shakopee and put all 2,500 employees out of work and likely put Mike in jail and in solitary confinement. Dear Lord, put an angelic guard round about Mike and his fiance and protect my pillow and all of its employees. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, obviously, if uh, he would get fines for noncompliance, wouldn't that mean that he was doing something unsafe or unsavory at his business? Right. <laughs> right. Crazy. Now, I, I can't help but feel that the employees of my pillow, I do agree, you know, extend them some grace and let them work at that factory when it turns back into someone else's pillow factory when they buy it at a fraction of its cost and yes, say, hey, pillow. we're going to make our pillow. Yeah, our or, pillow. Our pillow. There you go. That's what they could call it. Our pillow. Yeah. Our pillow. Yeah. For you and for me. And as long as the yeah, as long as the owner of the company isn't on, uh, you know, involved in politics literally, and all the time and spewing nonsense and everything, I don't know. Maybe I would consider giving our pillow a try. I can tell you that I will never ever buy a my pillow. No, I would never buy a my pillow. Nope. I don't care if if it's the best pillow of all time. I'm not interested. I can tell you that that it probably isn't. But anyways, let's move on. Just lost a 120k a year job over refusing the clot shot. Posted one hour ago by Business Narwhal. Well, it finally (laughs) happened. Got fired for refusing the shot. I made almost 120k a year in a highly specialized technical road role with over 20 years of experience. It's the sort of technical job nobody knows exists yet is absolutely essential for infrastructure to function. They cannot replace me. Yes, they can. And they are now certain to miss contractually obligated deadlines, piss off their clients, and incur massive financial penalties. Yeah, yeah, okay, dude. You really think a little over much of your role yeah. in this. <laughs> Very self For 120K a year. If for 120K a year, you're not that fucking important. Sorry. There are people working for, like, Elon Musk who are making, like, you know, like, a one ten million million a year and shit like that, and they get fired on the spot by when Elon goes into a fucking rage. So... <laughs> an Elon rage. I don't want to hear about your yeah, an Elon rage. My career is now over, and as a, ma- a white male in my mid fifties, I'll be lucky to get anything other than unskilled work ever again. No one in the world cares about what I've done, how reliable I was, how I always went the extra mile, the overtime I put in. None of it matters anymore. Everyone loses. The government loses the offen- the offensive amounts of tax I used to pay. My company is going to struggle. I'm not going to have a secure retirement. I don't have enough to retire at this age. I pay a shit ton of taxes, lost my sa- most of my savings to medical bills after a college, after a car accident a decade ago, and put Is several this kids Lindell? to college. <laughs> it might be. 
I regret nothing. My body belongs to me. I ha don't have a price tag. I am not for sale at any price. Livestock get involuntarily medicated. I am not livestock. I will not obey. And now there is nothing left to take away from me. And that's the new. That was the nuclear. The tyrant's nuclear option. And now it's spent. And I'm still standing. At this point, I got to sell my house, downsize as much as possible can, and try to be cons try to conserve and be as frugal as possible. This is going to hurt me for the rest of my life, but I'll never bow down to a tyrant or accept a handout. I will find a way to make do and survive. This has only strengthened my resolve. Yeah, I can say that I know of several people uh, who have taken the steps uh, regarding um, that getting vaccinated or not, or even being tested and so forth, they've decided to quit jobs because of that. And I can't, yeah. I can't wrap my head around it. I really can't. No, I, I don't understand it at all. I mean, are you that hell bent on getting so... sick? Yeah. For your it's, personal freedom? It's like, you know. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I really don't understand it. <laughs> let's let's move on to the next let's move one. Move on to the next one. Can I have the next one here? Hell yeah, amen, sis. The American female is a dying breed. Women who have vaginas are subordinate to their husbands. Put out during sex, even when they are tired, on their period, or sick, or drunk. Support their husbands by cooking, cleaning, child rearing, and having sex. That put God, America, and their kids before gays, communists, and the government. <laughs> they are told that having kids is wrong and that dating outside your race is normal. How can you be a good wife if your hole is destroyed? You support Marxism. You don't put out. You can't or won't have kids. You reject God. You are a gay pretending to be a woman. You support equal rights but not equal fights. Can I get an amen? No, no, you cannot. <laughs> this was, uh, I don't understand how we went from <laughs> from you uh, being subordinate to your husband and having sex and everything to your hole is destroyed and you support Marxism. <laughs> where, where did Marxism come into this act? <laughs> this could be uh, one of my favorite rants. I really, uh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy I, indeed. I'm uh, I'm actually a little speechless. Like I'm not sure how to respond to that because it just ex it escalates so quickly and so intensely. <laughs> and I just uh, there's there's so much crazy to, to unpack in this, and including the use of emojis and uh, and a, and a pink background. I don't know it. Uh, that's really, that's really something. <laughs> You're actually insane if you think. Right, hold on, let me do a voice for this. You're actually insane if you think men listen to music. They literally say that for female attention. I've made a post like this before, and it's the truth. Men don't know anything about music, and they don't listen to it. If a man tells you he listens to music, he's lying, and he just wants attention. They just play video games. Mm -hmm. It's true. That's true. I don't, yeah, listen, to I don't listen to the music that I listen to, and I do just play video games. And when I'm playing my guitar, yeah. it's uh, it's like me playing a video game, not not listening or to or making any music. They're right. They're right. Men are incapable of listening yeah, to music. Yeah, they're absolutely right. Thank heavens that got out there on the table, because now I can breathe a sigh of relief and sleep easier tonight. <laughs> Fucking stupid! <laughs> oh my god! This one here is 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 a absolute joy to read. I'm going to enjoy reading this one, and I think this one definitely needs a voice too. Uh, I had a friend who didn't take my advice about only wifing virgins. Had a baby with this broad with 15 plus body count. The baby came out looking like a composition of the past 15 guys she fucked. Doctor said it had something to do with sperm residue sticking into the vaginal walls. <laughs> the doctor said 15 that. plus. <laughs> 15. 
plus sir body count. Yeah. The first time I read this, I was like, she killing people? Oh, no, no. He just mean that she slept with 15 people. And this is a guy named uh, Modern shit. Mikhail. Or Mikhail, I guess, would be the proper uh, Russian pronunciation of that. But uh, because his name is on it, I'm going to call him out and uh, make him famous, uh, at least here on this podcast. So, you know, the guy, unbelievably, doctors said it had something to do with sperm residue sticking to the vaginal walls. (laughs) Yes, and women also get pregnant from sitting on toilet seats. Is not how biology works. That's not how it works. No, 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 no. Oh my goodness, I love it. Homosexual, homosexuals. This was posted um, both by the same person. So the first one says homosexuals can marry, but I can still go to present prison for having two wives. Legalize my two wives. Hashtag legalize poly- polyogeny polyologist husband and father and his name is scratched out and a few hours later if a wife has two husbands she's a cum dumpster for multiple men mm. <laughs> so so no sense of so sense of irony no like polyogeny like this polyogeny I, I guess that it was just called polygamy polygamy yeah, that's what I thought, Polyogeny too. Polyogeny sounds like somebody's Polyogeny. trying to sound smart and added some extra letters on there. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like a real word. I'm going to have to look it up. So, hmm. uh, polyogeny. Wants to have more wives, but then says that uh, women are cum dumpsters. Classy. Okay. Um, polyogeny is no. It is polygamy in which a man has more than one wife. But isn't polygamy having more in than zoology, one wife? It, so it's polygamy. That's polygamy. <laughs> what is the difference between polygamy and polygamy? All right. So anthropologically speaking, polygamy is defined as a marriage between one person and two or more spouses simultaneously. It exists in two main forms, polygyny, in where the man is married to several women, and polyandry, where the woman is married to several men. So this guy is a polygynist, not a polyandrinist. Ugh, that is too much for me to take in. <laughs> a little too much thinking. Yeah. yeah, he likes polygamy, but women are cum yeah. dumpsters if they uh, have sex with more than one man or whatever the fucking case was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, imagine, imagine narrowing down your beliefs that clinically, that to that level. You just like just slicing it down with an exacto knife, getting it so perfect, getting it just right, so that you can sit there and say, "Well, polygamy should be okay for men." For with multiple wives only, <laughs> like like like, wow! I, I I don't know, man. Everything about that fucks with my head. That you can get down to that level and 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 pick hairs with that level, and not recognize how re- absurd you sound. It just blows my mind. Blew my fucking mind. All right, next. Would you like to sell your baby? I recently had a miscarriage, and I've been following you on Facebook. She's so beautiful. I've already given her a nickname and bought things for her. And that's the end of that message. That is, without a doubt, the most psychotic and creepiest thing that I think I've ever read (laughs) in my life. I don't even know that I have the words to tell you if I got a message like this. I would be on the phone with the FBI. <laughs> God damn right you would. That's the first thing you would do is call not just some of the authorities, but all of the authorities. Like I'm calling I'm calling the president's office. I'm like, this woman needs to be jailed. She wants my baby. 
Get her away from She's me. She's already given my baby nicknames and bought things for her. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I sincerely hope that these are not real, but um, something tells me they are. Something tells me they are. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. So, this has been in the news recently. Steve from Blue's Clues popped back up on the scene. Uh-oh. I don't know if you watched his video. But he, he comes back and basically says, hey, I missed you guys, and you guys look great. And, you know, kind of acting like, you know, like, sorry about the time that I was missing, but um, I had places I had to go, whatever. So, um, in a, uh, the comments section for NBCnews.com, Steve from Blue's Clues gave millennials all the feels in his video clip. Oh, Oops. Why oh why is it is is talking to them like children? It's a bit insulting, isn't it? My twenty year old four year old and I watched it last night, highly offended at the toddler way he spoke to everyone. <laughs> everyone grew up t- everyone grew up. Talk to them like grown ups. Later on. Yep, I'm a Karen for seeing the emotional manipulation. I'm a Karen for thinking he has an ulterior motive. We will see in a few months what he gets. A new show. little change in his pocket. There is a reason why they are showing him again. It's for more than the let's talk about how much I hurt you when I left 25 years ago and you never heard from me again until today. Lots of dads do that. It should be a red flag for every woman. Wow. Wow, yeah. that a is a lot of misplaced lot of, anger, yeah, Steve. Deep-seated deep resentment towards somebody who is not Steve that you are taking out on poor Steve. Sheesh. You really are taking it out on Steve, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Steve deserved that. Because, no. um, first of all, he wasn't their dad. <laughs> like, I don't believe he was my dad when no, I was no, young No, I never made that connection. Uh, now, granted, we were a little older when Blue's Clues was on, but I'm also fairly certain that it wasn't Steve's choice to not be on the show anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they hired somebody new. Yeah, they were like, bro, you're so, starting to lose your hair and you're starting to lose your magic. It's time to move on. And I think he had some uh, musical endeavors that he was involved in, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, he had a band. But, uh, yeah, I'm he sure that band. it wasn't all him and he wasn't abandoned. Apparently, this this uh, 24-year-old and his mother took it harder than anybody else. Maybe Steve held a special spot for them, you know? He was like, he was like yeah. the dad on TV. But in their, you know, in their, was, in their real, in their real life with their imaginary what, what anthropomorphic uh, salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> well, okay. So Steve, the Steve that we saw on Blue's mm-hmm. Clues was a character. So why wouldn't he continue to talk like his character talked 20 years That's ago? That's how you remember him. It doesn't make any sense. That's how you remember him. If Steve came on and was like, yo, it's me, Steve. What's up? Sorry I left. People would be like, ooh, why didn't he do it in his character? That was so creepy. It was like an ex-boyfriend talking to me, and I didn't like it. Instead, well, I mean, this woman here is apparently <laughs> this woman here is apparently going to have a problem with it, no matter what. She has some serious abandonment issues, and is taking it out on poor Steve. Oh yeah, I think we should move on. Yeah. Right. This one comes from Riggs Barstool. Riggs Barstool opines to us, some dude just called me a pussy for putting on sunscreen. Imagine thinking you're tougher than the sun. The fucking sun! <laughs> I gotta say that I agree with Riggs 100%. <laughs> because I am not tougher than the sun, and I am fully aware of that. I just, that, you know, like, and that goes with the whole, like, anti-mask thing and, and, and all this, like, a lot of times the argument is you're a pussy if you wear a mask. Like, you're a pussy if you protect yourself from anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, don't mm-hmm. you have the faith of God to protect you? It's like, well. Toxic masculinity. Let's, let's, if the faith of God fixes everything then we explain the black plague because there were people who were a lot more religious in those days than there are today 
Um, Fuck yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the Black Plague didn't, you know, didn't just strike on the uh, the atheists and the Jews. So, you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it hit everyone yeah. pretty much uh, uh, unilaterally, so... I still, I, I, I would never survive in those. Well, I mean, I would survive in those days because I'm sure that there were, there were people who uh, were not uh, willing to undertake the organized religious uh, path with everything. I don't know what they would have called them in those days. I'm sure you have a word. Mm. You don't. <laughs> not one coming to mind now. Yeah, but uh, I, I I would have been one of those people that would have been like, look, I believe that there is a uh, some kind of a cosmic, you know, thing going on here, and that uh, that there can be a higher power possibly and everything. But I refuse to believe that it was some cool white guy, you know, <laughs> who was like, hey, what's up, everybody? Let me turn your water into wine and your fish into bread. And, you know, you can make sandwiches now and everything, you know, and would probably wear a visor and, you know, board shorts and flip flops, possibly with socks. I, I just I just can't believe that, that that that's real. And thusly, we shouldn't. If you want to start quoting the Bible for me, folks, let's talk about where the region that Jesus was born and lived in, and and let's let's examine that right there for what you think he was the only white fucking guy that was there. <laughs> Him and his twelve apostles were the only white dudes in all of uh, Jerusalem. Right. Get the fuck out of here. We're not gonna get into all that stuff, though. <laughs> we're not gonna get into that. I just, I just can't because I could talk for hours on that, all by itself. Well, it's interesting because from the prophets, as far as the equipment left behind and our intel, when Trump regains power, one of the first things he will do is approve airstrikes, destroying all left equipment. He will not drop pamphlets telling the psychos he is about to strike like Obama did. He's just going to strike all. And if our equipment left the territory and has been sold, he will send out secrete ops to track down and terminate with airstrikes all that they find. Smile, smile, smile. <laughs> Trump will come in hot and clean up shop. He will go after China severely. Trump is back in the fall, and Pelosi will be arrested. She's in a lot of trouble with the Lord. They have been given space uh -oh. to repent and have not. Lots about to happen from the Feast of Trumpets forward. Remnant ha who have stood strong in this. You're about to be validated by the Lord, and even better, the harvest is coming in. Did you say secrete? <laughs> secrete, yes. They're going to send out our... He will send out our secrete ops to track down and terminate with airstrikes all Ooh, that they find. Secrete ops. Yeah. Mm. So... I'm confused. What was the point of that? Um, <laughs> as far that, that he's just going to kill everybody? Uh, I guess they're talking about Afghanistan and all the equipment that has been left behind oh, with us okay. removing ourselves from there and all the intel that the Afghanis apparently got from us when we left our ship behind. Um, I don't know ah. enough about that situation to know exactly what took place. So for all I know, you know, it was a complete fuck up. But I don't think that it has anything to do with the prophecy. And I don't think Trump's coming back to bomb anybody. Well, I hope not. I hope he's not coming back, period. Yeah. Just my, uh, just my two cents. Yeah. But if he does, uh, bombing, bombing things, I don't, uh, I don't know about that. How do I feel about that? I've never been a big on bombing people. I, I've always no. felt, I've always felt that it was unnecessary and reactionary and irresponsible to bomb people 
You know, bombs are meant to be dangled like a sort of Damocles over the problem and say, ah, we will drop this on you, but you should never actually drop the bomb because we should have learned that with Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, yes. you, you dangle that weapon in front of your enemies to remind them that you're still capable of firing at any time, but you never actually fire that shot. It's it's all it's like it's like um it's like a dick waving contest. It's totally not necessary, but apparently it's one of the rules. Because if if we didn't have any nukes, do you think that that like other countries would be as friendly towards us as they are? I wonder. Not. I don't think they would. You know, I bet we could probably talk about this for hours, but I'm looking at the time, and uh, that's going to have to be a story for another time, because we are out of time. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you like the suspense boner that I've given you as to what my story will be for next week. It's pretty sexy, I gotta warn you. Have a question for us? You want us to talk about something on the show? Would you, dear listener, like to ask us a question? Send us an email at storytimewithtomandmike at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to learn more about the show... And get extras like links to the videos, sites, and other media... Visit dembeans.biz. That's a dot biz because we mean business. Hell yeah.